Before we get going with today's podcast, I just want to jump on here for a second and personally invite you to a one-off brand new masterclass that I am hosting on Thursday the 16th of May. How to scale your online business to six figures and beyond. So if you are a course creator, a membership owner or a coach, then this is for you. I'm sharing with you my most effective strategies to become the go-to person in your industry and grow your online business. I will cover how to build your audience, how to craft an irresistible offer and how to master your launch strategy so that you will know the most effective way to grow your audience and build your email list fast, know how to craft an offer that your audience will love and create a launch that fits with you and enables you to sell with ease. And why should you come and listen to me? Well, I started doing this almost 10 years ago and the very first client I worked with back in 2016, I helped him launch his very first membership. He had a done for you product and a one-to-one product and we created a membership. In his first launch, he got 130 members, bringing him in about 60,000 in income every year. Now, He has built a suite of online products that is bringing him in way over six figures every single year. This is going to be an awesome masterclass. You're going to get so much good stuff to take away with you to be able to use in your business. So to grab your free place, go to TeresaHeathWearing.com forward slash masterclass and I will see you there. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast, episode 156. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast, and I'm your host, Teresa Heathwaring. If you're a marketer, business owner, or entrepreneur that is frustrated and overwhelmed with all the constant changes in digital marketing and social media, then you, my friend, are in the right place. Each week, I share with you easy, insightful, and actionable steps that you can use to grow your business. So let's get started. Hey there, and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. How you doing? So this podcast is coming out between Christmas and New Year's. So I hope you have had a really wonderful Christmas and you are very much looking forward to your New Year's celebrations, although they might look a little bit different this year because of everything that's gone on. And your Christmas might have been a little bit different this year as well. But I really do hope you've managed to enjoy some time at home and some time off work and that you've had a wonderful, wonderful time. So obviously I've recorded this before Christmas. I am certainly not uh, doing podcasts while the Christmas break is going on. I'm hopefully having a break. Before I jump on with this week's episode, I want to remind you to go and check out the Follow Me Along live course that I'm doing in January to build your list. I am going to keep mentioning it on every episode until we actually do it, because I promise you, you are going to be able to start your 2021 in a really strong position if you've got your email list built and I can help you do that. To go and find out more, go to TeresaHeathRowing.com forward slash build my list. So this week's episode is an interview with the lovely Dallin Need. Now, Dallin is one of the world's top branding messaging experts. He's CEO of Content Supply Co., a media education and service platform that drives thousands to millions in sales for brands of all types. You know I hate reading. I'm reading this and I hate it. I'm so sorry. (laughs) He's taught thousands of freelancers, marketers, and some of the best known names in the business how to grow their business with impactful content by using content supply. So Dallin comes on today to talk about how to 
basically take your vision and your sort of view for your business going forward and how to put that in your marketing and how talking about your vision can help attract your perfect customer. So I am going to leave you to it. We're going to jump straight in. Here is Dallin. So I am really excited today to welcome to the podcast, Dallin Need. Dallin, how are you doing? I'm doing amazing, Teresa. How are you? I am good. It's the end of a very long day here, but it, where, where are you based again, Dallin? We have spoke and I can't remember. Totally fine. Denver, Colorado in the United States. Yep. So it's fairly early Across the world. There. Yeah, it's, it's 10 a.m., you know, starting the day. Lights nice. out, sun's out. It's great. Oh, you lucky thing. Honestly, the, we're very much into rainy winter weather now. Not that nice. I should imagine it's much nicer where you are. Um, but Dallin, I start, as we always do, by asking you to introduce yourself to my audience, let them know who you are and how you got to do the thing that you do today. What a great question. Um, so yeah, my name is, is Dallin Need, and I run a media uh, education and service platform called Content Supply. And wow, I mean, what a big question. What got me yeah, to where like, I am today? Where do we start? <laughs> yeah, like, uh, well, so I was born. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then I lived, and now I'm here. <laughs> Perfect, done. <laughs> you know, I, I, uh, since I was little, um, I've always enjoyed creativity. Um, I was definitely, I, I was the youngest of four. And so I was always the one who was, you know, creating the comic books, making uh, films with our, um, our old home video cameras with my friends, yeah. all these ridiculous projects. Um, and at the same time, I was also being entrepreneurial. Like I did paper outs, I mowed lawns, I, I did all these different projects and never really worked for say like another normal company um, growing up with all the odd mm -hmm. jobs I had. And, and I didn't realize it at the time, but I, I had kind of those entrepreneurial tendencies, I guess you can call them, yeah. uh, and, and intentions. And, uh, and so with, with kind of that creativity and entrepreneur stuff in mind, I decided to do neither <laughs> when I, when I approached like sense. college, right? <laughs> it's like, I was like, I, you know, society, family encouragement, you know, it's, you know, I'm, you know, you think about, you need to make money, you need to have a career and creativity is a hobby. Entrepreneurship, you don't make money in is kind of what can get ingrained in your mind or, you know, oftentimes media can demonize um, the business owner and the entrepreneur as, you know, the capitalist um, demon in some ways, you know? Mm -hmm. And so uh, what I, although I still did kind of entrepreneurial things, I decided to study IT. I was going to be an IT guy for my career. Um, you know, I, I loved a lot of aspects of that experience because um, I'm super, super techie. A lot of those skills still, still tran translate into what I do as a, an online business owner uh, today. But, uh, but I remember, um, this is probably three years um, into schooling. Um, you know, I was doing anyway from building out databases to coding hundreds to thousands of lines of code. And I was up staying up late one night in one of the study halls. And I was, I was debugging or troubleshooting. Uh, for those who are not familiar with running um, different lines of code, if you have one character, if it's a period or con you know, something missing, then mm -hmm. it runs incorrectly. Um, you have to go mm -hmm. and fix it. 
Um, though that kind of troubleshooting applies to business, right? If you have like a leaky hole in your business yeah. system, then you have to figure out how to fix it. But I remember looking through all these lines of code um, and just fixing it. I was like, what kind of value is this creating for myself or to others? Like I, other people in, in that career field can, can identify that value, but I couldn't for myself. I was like, this is not lighting me up um, like I want it to. And so that became really like a catalyst because I was just, I was burnt out. I was stressed out. And I was like, do I really want this? And, uh, and then I asked myself, like, what are the things that I enjoy doing the most? And that was working on my own stuff, like entrepreneur stuff, mm-hmm. um, but then just creativity. And so I went off and decided to create a feature film. Um, I gathered around like a, a crew and cast of like 30 people here in the small college town. And we did a theatrical release, made money on it. Um, it was a huge like community event and so exhilarating. And it really like lit this fire underneath me that um, I could, you know, be a director. I can be an entrepreneur. I can work on all these different projects and there's mm-hmm. no shame in it. Like you can make money with it. Um, and so that led me to um, eventually, like I, I did work for a large company, travel company, which I loved at their headquarters. Um, but that kind of gave me the, the structure to safely build out, uh, an online business. Um, and so I quit there about two and a half years ago. Uh, I went full-time with content supply and mm-hmm. I've been working from home in my pajamas ever since. <laughs> Sounds perfect. Can yeah. I just like go back to the point where you really casually went, so I, I've moved into something and I made a feature film and made money. Like what on earth? Like that does not strike me as the easiest thing to be picking to do when you when you're trying to do something new. Like, how does that even come about? Uh, you know, uh, part of me was like, I want to be the next Spielberg. Like, I was one of those kids, you know, who, yeah. like who loved that. And and I also realized, like, the further I get in my career, the less I want to get involved with the Hollywood scene because there's mm-hmm. just there's there's too much there. But yeah, but what I wanted is like, okay, uh, like I've. I've departed from my creative roots for too many years. Um, what can I do to get back into it? And I was like, why not give myself a crash course? I wasn't taking any kind of like academic related courses in training on this stuff. So I was like, um, what better way to do it than just getting my hands dirty? Um, and so I wrote a script. It's like an 80 page script. Um, I did it on a local folklore um, story. Um, we filmed it on a photography camera. Um, that anyone can get. I think I borrowed it from my mom, who was a photographer. Um, And so it was like on the cheap, we did some crowdfunding behind it, but we really sourced like went to the theater department. Um, We did a call, we did a casting call. And it was was a huge social event where I made a lot of new friends and a Mm -hmm. lot of new connections that I still, um, in fact, I just had a a call before this with uh, a new hire of mine who I hired about three weeks ago, who I met on that project. And I have convinced him to quit his job and now he's an employee of mine and my company. And so it's amazing, you know, what that, what that meant, that project meant to me. And so, yeah, yeah, like it made money. Honestly, it wasn't that much. Maybe as to a college student, it was a lot of money, but but it was, but it it was the fact it was like, it was the fact of the matter, you know, it wasn't the the quantity. It was the fact that money could be made with that. Um, And so I I use um, to me, I'm an entrepreneur by way of media, like filmmaking and other forms of storytelling and content. 
So you've brought that that storytelling and the content creation elements into business and into how you can do business and how you can market yourself. So explain um, explain what the company does first, what you do in, in your company, and then let's talk about that bit. Yeah, for sure. So we often find that a lot of online business owners struggle to create content. Um, it's either randomized or creating content that doesn't resonate with their customers. They've wasted time and money and energy on, on messaging and content that just doesn't work to actually grow their business. And so we wanted to step in and offer a solution uh, with content supply that follows a three-step process to build out messaging that connects to an audience, uh, build a marketing plan that actually works, and then create content that fits in t- inside the entire customer experience to really build a business from um, from the ground up and with heart. And so Content Supply was born out of this idea that any and every business needs visibility and authority to actually grow. And the only way to grow that is with content. And so you need a supply of content. Okay. Really self-explanatory, I hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so... So where do you start on that that journey? Like, you know, how do you know what content? How do you know the messaging? How do you, if you are a business out there and and content is, you know, I have a degree in marketing, which I got over 16 years ago. Content didn't exist. Well, it did, but not in the same way and not in the way that we create it now. Content is everything we create. And how do we make sure that we are, creating the right sort that attracts our audience and that tells our story like because just one more thing sorry like when people start a business they think they should just know how to do the stuff and this is not in people's skill sets like this is not you know they shouldn't be sat there thinking ah why don't I know how to content create when they've been I don't know a lawyer for the past god known years or they make cake or do you know what I mean like so yeah I've just thrown a load of words at you and if you can make sense of that (laughs) Dylan, you are a better person than me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you began to hit it on the head. You know, uh, how many of us feel fatigue and overwhelm when we go to consume content of any time, any kind, mm-hmm. right? We go to Netflix and we're like, oh my gosh, like there's so many choices where to begin. Um, but now there's so many, every company's turned to a streaming platform uh, and that's just entertainment content, let alone the business and ad content we see on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, you name it, TikTok, um, the overwhelm is there. And so the only way to cut through the noise is with developing a clear brand message. And to me, it all starts with having um, even further back a clear vision for where you want to take your brand. Because um, if you don't know where you your brand wants, where you want to take your brand in the next few months, the next few years, the next X amount of years, then um, you don't know what to talk about and how to invite your customers in that story that they can join for themselves, but also with you as well. And mm. so that vision can look like just a clear reality that you can paint for yourself. Is it the amount of people you want to serve in the world? Is it um, how much of a household name you want your brand to become? Is it um, how you want to give back? Is it the amount of money you want to make so that way you can you can serve your employees as much as you serve your customers. Um, but also, 
um, kind of like the lifestyle you want to be experiencing. You know, like if you imagine yourself five years from now, um, like picture a scene, like a scene from a movie. Um, a lot of times the best movies have a incredible plot climax. And then there's that resolution scene. I think of Lord of the Rings, you know, yeah. after the end of all these movies, they have like, they, I kind of laugh a little bit because they have like 20 different endings. It feels like it fades to black yeah. and then like, oh, there's another ending to fades to black. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, you think of these scenes, they're all celebrating together, you know, with the people they love and appreciate. And so like, what does that look like for you? Um, because at the end of the day, the brands and businesses we build are to serve the world, but they're to serve ourselves and our families mm -hmm. um, ultimately, because that's in those yeah. relationships we have. And so imagine what that looks like for you and then kind of begin with that end of mind and build backwards. Like, okay, what kind of milestones do I need to hit um, to, to achieve that ultimate vision? And mm -hmm. when you can get clear on what that looks like, then you can understand what kind of language and words can I use to talk about that vision and invite people to be a part of it, whether it's a team member or customer. Uh, and then the, uh, the problems that you help solve and the products you create and the content you put out there all communicate with helping you build what that looks like. Mm. So I'm just, you know, I like playing devil's advocate and thinking of some of the people who listen to the podcast and what they do. And, and so if their vision is to, or I guess what's in my head is like, if my vision is to grow my business to a certain size, if my business is to bring in an income, why would my customers care? And how would I use content to to look at that do you know what i mean totally um oftentimes people get attracted to someone who they can be like you know why do you think celebrity endorsements are so powerful people want to become a celebrity like that person um they want that fame that recognition they want to be seen and heard and so if we can paint a picture of what that future looks like um we'll find the people naturally with the customers and audience we attract who want a similar future to that. And yeah. so then that future that we pay that maybe maybe about ourselves, maybe about customers that we've served. So there's those case studies. Um, we're able to invite people into that journey um, because they want to also achieve that similar lifestyle, whether, you know, it can be across the board, what that success looks like, retire early, you know, have more time with family, travel more, financial freedom, time freedom, which is, uh, I think, a, a, a lot of attractive elements that I really want. And I know a lot of, I'm sure your listeners really um, are yeah. attracted to those ideas where, you know, you want your business to feel your lifestyle, not the other way around. Mm. Um, and so I, I think it's getting down to what that looks like. And it's not like you're creating a lifestyle business out of it. It's more of just like, here's what I'm doing this for this sake. Um, and, uh, and so I think it becomes easier to attract the right kind of customer. And then you yeah. can, in that story that they're living with you, um, identify where, where are they still struggling? And then how can I adapt to my products or create new products to mm. help serve and solve those problems? And what kind of content are we talking? Like, you know, one thing that, that you do do is, you know, video marketing and that's really helpful. And, and video obviously is great. You know, I, I love the podcast. I love listening to podcasts. But is that one particular content? Is that a, a whole sea of content? Is that a um, something they love doing? How does that work for them? As in, so, you know, 
let's say they've understood their vision and they're right now I need to actually create some content. What is that? Yeah, totally. Um, well, the, the first simple answer, and then I would say after that, it depends. Um, the, but the okay. first answer I would say is um, content means nothing if there's no clear message in place. Uh, okay. And that message simply means the words you use because um, it's, all, it's all about the words and language you use throughout any type of content. Because at the end of the day, and, and this is a timeless principle with story, which is such a you know, marketing buzzword, but mm-hmm. um, content will always evolve. Platforms will always evolve. Like TikTok will come and go. Facebook will, you know, all these platforms will really change. Yeah. Um, you know, oftentimes a lot of the content types that we see today are video, podcast, design, photo, um, and the written word. And, uh, but who's to say that virtual reality, augmented reality are going to be more of a norm content. You know, we don't, we can't even imagine what types of new content or variations will exist in years from now. Um, and so, but at, at the end of the day, like all that content, the type of content doesn't matter as much as the message that's behind the content and how people will be able to receive it. And so we have to be willing to get clear on that message first, build that powerful message. And then the content we choose will be dependent on um, what we prefer, how we prefer to show up and then how our audience prefers to consume their content as well. Cause uh, there may be people who love the passive listening of a podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, I remember w- growing up, like I would, I would do audiobooks all the time um, on, on tapes, like car rides, yeah. you know? And so it's like, or I would um, do it while working on something else. It was a good way to like passively consume. And I still do that with, with audiobooks and podcasts. Um, but then video is a very immersive, like you have to a lot of times be present and pay attention to that type of content. The written word, that's for like those who can't really do the audio and the, you know, the audio and visual side. And need to you know want to read and spend that time, um, and so it's really really just depends. Um, like not everyone enjoys having their face on video. Um, mm-hmm. I'm definitely really partial. Where I feel like um, the the ability to scale your business to a whole nother level is dependent on your um, willingness to show up on video um, in some form and to show your face because that way it creates that human connection that strictly just audio alone and hearing a voice doesn't create. Um, okay. Can I stop you? Can we say yeah. that again? Just so like, so yeah, the the ability to say that bit again. Yeah. I'm probably going to restate it in different ways, Fine. but <laughs> the, the ability to grow your business and scale it to a whole nother level is entirely dependent on your willingness to show up in video and a visual format. Okay. So you're saying, and I don't disagree, that video is is really like you're only going to get so far if you're not willing to put your face out there, if you're not willing to show up as a human, and mm-hmm. by a human I mean as in on screen, look, here I am. You genuinely believe that that, that will stifle someone's growth if they can't come comfortable doing that? Completely. Because... Um, it's really at the, at the end of the day, like the growth of your business, like business is all about traffic leads and sales. Mm. You know, you generate traffic with attracting, you know, your audience, and then they can become a lead by going to your website and downloading a resource and then a sale after that. 
but traffic is a huge portion of that. And the only way to generate traffic is to put out content that attracts those people. And um, the, the reason why I say video is because it gives people that visual medium, you know, the ability to see and interact with you that all the other types of content don't provide. Like video includes all types of content in one. Um, yeah. And so, and, and I think of, you know, think of your favorite celebrity. Uh, oftentimes they're, you know, um, maybe they're an influencer. I often think of like actual, like actors or actresses. Um, and can you imagine if they try to achieve, uh, not that they're out to achieve fame, but if they try yeah. to achieve that kind of recognition and achievement without being on video, do you think that would be yeah. possible for them? And, and so like the most successful businesses are the ones that become the most famous and, mm. and put in those steps. Like Oprah, if she never created a TV show and showed her yeah. face, she would not be a, you know, world famous, um, influential leader like she is. Yeah. And so there's plenty of examples of how video changes the game for so many people who want to level up. And, and by all means, like you can still build um, a, a successful business that doesn't involve your face and doesn't involve many faces at all, mm. but um, it's, it's going to plateau at a point. There's only so far you can go with that. And you know, especially those listening, right? If, if you're a solopreneur, if a lot of your business involves you as a brand, um, and, you, you yeah. are your brand, like you got to use your face and it's, it's hard. I'm, I'm a huge introvert. And there's time, like I, I can always be doing better. Um, but, uh, but I believe like, and that's why like content supply exists. Um, for me, it's, it's an enabler and, and empowers uh, brand builders to be able to show up without feeling like they have to put in the work every single day. Um, it, it puts in a system inside their business to do that. Um, and, and that's why like underneath that, um, we have uh, an agency, at, you mentioned, you know, video, uh, a video advertising agency called Video Supply that accelerates that with video, um, which is our primary focus of an agency is to do that. Mm, yeah. And even, so I was just thinking of where, you know, an example, is there an example where this this doesn't, you know, meet meet the case? But, you know, I was just thinking of a book I finished reading a few weeks back called um, Untamed by Glennon Doyle, you know, so it's a book. I also listen on Audible, but I immediately went to the book to look for her picture <laughs> and then I went and Googled her because I wanted to see her. And then I found her on Instagram and I found her doing stories and I started following her stories and I started watching her stuff. And suddenly from someone whose words were so beautiful and powerful to then seeing her made me go even more, you are amazing. Like, so even when her business is to write books, her business isn't to show up on video, but in her doing that, she's attracted me in another way and she's she's getting me engaged in a different way or in, in you know, another opportunity to see a side of her, which I might not have seen. And for her, you know, using Instagram stories, IGTV, you know, I don't think she's done reels yet, but like that, that couldn't be more of an easier, you know, when you think back to, you know, years ago, and I remember I did a... God, even at the beginning of this career, you know, sort of five years ago, I did a video for, for a big company and it was a big production. Like it was a whole day's worth of filming. It was a crew. It was like, it was ridiculous when I think about now how I literally just rock up on anything as it is, you know, it's, 
it's a very different world that it's so easy to do now, isn't it? Oh, yeah. And so we no longer have um, barriers or excuses. Um, mm-hmm. We definitely have um, false beliefs that exist and, and yeah. personal objections we have. And oftentimes it comes down to the fear of judgment, uh, I believe, um, mm-hmm. because I think we're, we're very physical beings in the way of, of how we perceive ourselves. Yeah. Um, with how attractive we may be, you know, if our hair's not done right, if our studio, you know, our home studios don't look the part yeah. or, or, you know, our office studios. And so I think there's a lot of barriers that keep us from creating video. Um, but the power is, it's like the, the best camera and equipment we have is the one we have on us. And that's always our phone. Mm. And phones are, are only just getting better and better each, each new release at, at making video uh, more accessible. I mean, it was only, it was only like, uh, let's see, 2020, we're recording this. Um, I mean, I remember, I think it was about 2007, 2008, when the first iPhone came out, or at least started to spread mm. the market. And the video feature wasn't very strong that I can remember. I, I mean, I didn't get a smartphone until probably years after that. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but it was like, uh, like uh, I mean, growing up and, and the video capability, like it took a lot of effort to create videos and you had to do a little bit more of an investment, but now it's like people can create films. They can create ads all from their phone. Mm-hmm. And if it's the right message, it's going to perform a lot better than, you know, the most professional looking uh, mm-hmm. crew who may film it for you. Um, and-, and so uh, like there's, there's power in that ability to um, just simply create with what you have. Mm. And that's the truth. You know, a video is going to be all more powerful if you've actually created one and put it out there, regardless of the format, as in how good the camera was, than just not doing it because you haven't got the right setup or you haven't got the right lighting and you haven't got the right equipment. And actually, I love nothing more than to see the journey. Like, you know, when I first started and I was doing interviews, in fact, my first podcast interview with Pat Blinn and my second one with Amy Porterfield, which two huge ones, I was sat in my downstairs office. The the camera I would have used is from my Mac. The microphone I would have had was a cheap one because it was like early in the days of podcasting. I didn't have the lighting set up. I didn't have all the fancy stuff I've got now because it was an evolution because why would I invest in all that if I don't know at that point whether that's going to be the route I go down or you know, or can afford to invest, invest in that because the business isn't where it is today. So I think, but if I hadn't have done that, I'd have never got to where I am today. There's no way I'd have got the guests I've had. There's no way I'd got the setup I've got. There's no way I'd have done any of that because I had, I wouldn't have even started, you know, and, and that surely is always way better. It, more important to think about what am I going to say? What do my audience want to hear than necessarily what camera am I using? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, and it, it's so fun because I could talk gear all day. Uh, mm-hmm. I really could. Like, I, I'm a gear, I'm a tech geek, gear geek. Um, but it, it really doesn't like as hard as it is to admit as like uh, a recovering artist. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right way to say it. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, the the artist focuses on the craft, and then that often includes the gear or the tools you use. But um, like, art is completely dependent on. Um, the audience. I mean, people mm. perceive art in different ways, whether it's like, hey, that's a pretty picture or that's a pretty picture or painting um, or written word, you know, whatever it may be, the type of content. Mm. Uh, and so 
the tools you use are just that they're tools. Um, and there's so many out there now. I mean, I can't tell you how many different brands and uh, styles and flavors of cameras there are for professional cameras, let alone yeah. phones who can record great video. And so there's just, there's so many choices out there. And so it's not about as the choice as much as it is simply about um, the creation process um, mm. of just, you know, having that accountability, getting it in place and creating. And it comes naturally for people who um, in some ways uh, live and breathe being on camera, you know, mm. those big extrovert type, um, mm. I'll even call them kind of the theater type who yeah. love that, um, that kind of attention. And it's not, a, it's not a bad thing. You know, like I, I think it's incredible. I wish I had more of those tendencies yeah. to be, you know, to, uh, to want to be on video like that. But sometimes we have to fight against those, um, those, those barriers that exist and, uh, and be willing to set up a system. Uh, mm. oftentimes it's easier when you have a team or, um, or other accountability partners, um, mm. that can make sure that you can, um, plan and create and promote, uh, mm. content that will help you grow your business. Um, yeah. and, and don't, uh, overcomplicate it. You know, I, I think you'd be more simple than we allow ourselves to, to, lead on yeah yeah okay so because i like bringing things to very practical level because uh, my audience are very used to me being very practical in terms of like what you go and do and how you do it so have you got an example and i'm putting you on the spot here so i appreciate like you know i'm making you think fast but have you got an example of either somebody that you've worked with or someone who does a really good example of this of where they have a value, they've come up with a message and they create their content around it. Like that we can almost see the steps. Like, have you got anybody that, that we could almost see and go, oh yeah, like, that makes sense. How that fits. Uh, yeah. One comes to mind and, and I, I mean, she's, uh, she's still a business mentor of mine and she, she's been a client. Um, and this is early on with content supply where she was transitioning and kind of rebranding herself to be more of a business coach. Mm -hmm. um, and she is incredible copywriter and marketer, but had yet to really show up much on video at, mm -hmm. at this point. Um, and this is early on um, when we're really kind of kickstarting the agency side of content supply too. And we gave her a platform and solution to uh, immediately use video to clarify and build out her message and her core story. Uh, and she's a mom of four. She's built a multi-million dollar business um, from home. You know, and, and it just amazes me every time I think about like her story and where she's come from and the struggles uh, she had even before she stepped into the online business space. Mm -hmm. um, and this has all happened. And I mean, like it's a long time making. It's by far not a, an overnight story, but we gave her... Um, a framework to follow that she could develop this messaging and package it up into um, a, a product or, you know, a video product to then share. And then we generated just organically alone. Um, I think is it's last time I checked, which is months, months ago, probably is 60,000 views organically on Facebook. Um, Amazing. But the comments and engagement on learning about her story, people are saying like, I've never seen a mark, an online marketer do this. Um, you know, like your authentic story is a breath of fresh air and all these things around like her being able to stand out and, mm -hmm. and lean into her story, um, which really 
I believe helped accelerate her growth, um, not only to generate even more millions of dollars in her business um, from that authority she built up, but also uh, brand features and Forbes and stuff. And so Mm -hmm. uh, it was an early case study as um, I was still building up the agency um, as a side business. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it it was one of those like small examples, kind of like my movie early on that I, I did, it feels like years ago now, but um, that uh, it kind of lights that fire that like, oh my gosh, like there's results that can come from following a framework that does work. Um, And so, uh, but it all came down to like, well, how can I stand out? I'm going to tell a story Uh, I'm going to make it unique to me and I'm going to provide like a breath of fresh air to oftentimes a crowded marketplace where everyone's talking about and doing the same things. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's oftentimes I just, I get tired of, of going on social media, to be honest, Mm -hmm. because uh, I know I'm going to be targeted by so many of the same types of ads. Yeah. Um, Although, you know, we, you know, as online business owners need to contribute to that Mm -hmm. noise in some form and, and make our way of standing out. But, um, but it's, you know, we got to be willing to contribute, but also not be so, so much of a consumer um, and be more of a Mm. creator through the process. How about like, what about the people who are nervous to share that story, share that personal stuff, you know, or don't think they've got a story, you know, which everyone has, I'm sure. But, you know, how, how do we convince them to, because also for me, I was just sat here thinking, I once wrote an, a LinkedIn post about, and I think I put it on Facebook about how I got into business, and but I don't think I've ever done a video about it. And then, and then it struck me as, is it a bit egotistical? Is it a bit like, you know, hey, check me out and how amazing I am? Like, so how do how do we feel comfortable about that? How do we do it in a way that doesn't feel like I'm just going, I'm amazing because I've done this? Yeah, that's so good. You know, and it's it is hard. It's, it's so hard because we can feel like that. Um, and oftentimes when we feel that way, that it's egotistical or it's too much about me, um, that becomes the ego itself, right? Where we're focusing on how we feel about it versus how other people will respond. And I think, I think it's, it doesn't hurt to test our material. Think of like the comedians of the world, right? They, you you got to believe they test their jokes hundreds and hundreds of times before maybe they land perfectly because they make adjustments. And I think we need to do the same with our, our brand stories is even if um, like sometimes our brand stories will be about, about the perfect client who they had success with a certain product or our brand and they become kind of the, the hallmark to our, our brand story, or maybe the stories about us, you know, like if we're a course creator or coach um, you know, we are the best case study. And so we use that story um, to invite people into it. Um, and so if it is about us and we feel like it's going to be really ego driven, um, I would break it down. Like there's a process um, I do with my messaging. Uh, I call it the five piece formula. And there's, um, there's the, the first one is people. The second one is, um, is problem. The third one is perspective. Fourth one is plan. And the, the fifth one is payoff. And when you can theme a different phases of your story into each of those five P's, um, you can identify, does this sound too ego-driven? Um, can my customers and audience relate to this if it's about me? Um, but, but just being willing to test. Like, it's okay if the first version you share in video 
uh, hopefully video or written form, right? Podcast of, of this brand story of yours. If people are like, oh my gosh, like it's so much about you. Like I've definitely fallen trapped to this. Like it's easy to talk about ourselves and realize like, you know, we're not making this about our customer. And so um, it's, it's all about like turning it back to them, right? So like for those listening, um, like think about what this may look like for you uh, and telling your story in a way that you know um, you as a perfect customer to that um, experience you're offering, but also your customers um, can relate to each phase of that journey. And when I think about, you know, the people I follow and the people I like and and respect, it's because I can resonate to their journey. It's because I can hear my journey in theirs. It's because I trust that they know where they're going or that I know they're good to follow because they've been where I have. And the only way I'd know that is through them telling their story, isn't it? It is. It, it, it is so tricky because like there's that flip side of like, I mean, I said it already, you know, it's so easy to talk about ourselves. It's so mm. easy. And oftentimes mm. we do too much, but we have to do it in some form. Um, but then it's like, how can we turn the mirror back on our audience? So that way they can see ourselves in, um, in the story that we're, we're telling. And so, yeah. um, but, but I, I think it's just being willing to test and, um, and not do it perfectly the first time or the 20th mm-hmm. time, but just keep like sampling and testing. Um, and eventually you'll find one that resonates and that can become your signature story that exists throughout all types of content, uh, you mm-hmm. know, your webinar origin story to um, different videos you make to podcast episodes. Uh, and so there's just a lot of power in documenting um, these stories that fit within a messaging plan. Yeah, that's so good. So good. Dan, this has been so good. And that just feels like such a natural place to kind of pause and I'm so grateful of your time I really do appreciate you coming on and and I think we need to everybody listening to this I could pretty much guarantee that they are not telling their story as much as they should be me included for sure um and actually looking at how it all connects is is a great way to think about your content rather than just literally which sometimes I feel we all do. We just shove something out aimlessly just because we know we've got to put something out and we should hurry up and just do it. And and yeah, it's got to be so much more than that, hasn't it? So it does. It does. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's been a pleasure, Teresa. Thank you so much for, for giving me this platform. Uh, you're an amazing host and your questions are so good. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's been so good having you. I will obviously link up to everything in the show notes so you can go check out Dan and all the stuff he does. But thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. So there you go. There was today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you picked up some useful bits from it. And I will see you on Thursday for the next installment of the Small Business Superstar. Thank you so much for listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, then please do go check out TeresaHeathWaring.com where you'll find more amazing content to help you grow your business.